Well, thank you guys so much for being on today. Um, today for this session, we are going to be tuning in for yet another episode from our Chit Chat series. Um, for those of you who have attended our webinar before, you know what that is. But that is uh, webinars where we get our customers and users on with us to share their perspective in their journey towards modernizing and automation um, when it comes to month-end work. Uh, so my name is Nancy Wu and I lead sales and customer support for SkyStem. Uh, so we offer ART, which is the month and close automation platform that we'll be talking about today. And also I'll be showing just a tiny demo um, during the session, but it helps the accounting team streamline their month end work. So today we're talking about the University of Wisconsin Credit Union. So UWCU is a $5 billion institution headquartered in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, with more than 300,000 members. It is the third largest credit union in the state of Wisconsin, and currently they operate 29 full-service branches throughout Madison and Milwaukee metro areas, and they are growing. On the call today, Sandy O'Connor, she is the director of accounting operations at UW Credit Union, and she, well, she and I and her team and my team have worked together for, um, I think, well over a year now. So welcome, Sandy, and I would love it if you can introduce yourself to the audience. Sure. I'm Sandy O'Connor, uh, and I'm the director of accounting operations here at uh, UW Credit Union. Um, I've been with the organization for uh, just over 12 years. Um, I joined in 2011 when our asset size was uh, $1.5 billion, not quite $1.5 billion. Uh, and our accounting operations team totaled six people. Um, today, we're over $5 billion in assets, and we have 13 team members, which is now split between um, accounting operations and our, and our FP&A team. Sandy, walk us through a typical month and close process for you in terms of how many people participate in a close for your team. Give us a sense as to your timeline. Um, what are some of the key activities that you do during the close and maybe some management slash audit requirements um, for, for your team? Sure. Um, so our accounting operations staff, so again, um, our ac total accounting team includes SP&A and accounting operations, and I am in, I'm responsible for the accounting operations. So our staff is one accounting specialist whose role is mostly accounts payable and, and working with branches for balancing. Uh, we have five staff accountants. Uh, we have one senior accountant, one accounting manager, and then myself. Now, again, that doesn't include SP&A or the uh, vice president controller who are also on the team. Um, SP&A, they don't play a role today in the month and close process. They pick up the reins when we get to the reporting. When the GL is closed and we're ready to go, then they pick up, um, pick up the process and, and begin the reporting structure. Um, so generally, today, we're closed by the end of the day on the fourth business day of the month. Uh, we could be closed in three days, but the, um, the CFO allowance calculation has lengthened our, our process just a little bit to make sure that that's, that that's correct and that's accurate. Um, so a little bit about our process. Um, a few days prior, generally the day before, uh, the last day of the month, um, we're making entries for investments and for fixed assets and leases and, and things like this, uh, larger accruals where we know uh, we're, we're fairly confident of the numbers and our reconciliations of those assets, everything's generally by the 25th, 
investments, we know by the 25th what that activity is going to be. So we'll go ahead and make those entries prior to it. Um, the first business day of the new month is a work day. So everybody's kind of um, going through, starting to look at their, their recs um, and starting to reconcile various things. There's certain reports that we don't get until the first day of the month. So people are busy making those entries and, and we consider that just a, a regular work day. Um, there are certain tasks that we have to complete on day two and we do track those tasks in art today. Um, this includes like trend reviews for GLs, um, we're looking for unexpected fluctuations and, and missing expenses. Um, we process our mortgage hedging. Uh, entries are due on day two. Uh, various expense accruals are also um, due on, on day two. We also send out, um, there's questions, certain questions about what about this and what about that, and we're expecting answers um, generally on day three. So day three, we're um, preparing the pre-close reports uh, for the meeting with the, the month-end close meeting with the CFO. And that generally, um, there's a lot of analysis that's being done. We review yields and, and um, make sure that we're, that we do have most accruals in. Um, and then day four is our pre-close meeting and we'll talk about the results and, and make sure that the executive team understands the results and, and if there's any questions, we can answer those. Uh, we also are finalizing the ALLL entry on that day, and hopefully we're closed by the end of day four. Um, generally, like I mentioned, day five is reporting, but that's picked up by the SPNA side of the house. So. Yeah, and it's a really tight close schedule. Um, that's one of the things that I talk about a lot with executives when they're thinking about month and close automation. They're like, well, our close is not broken, so do we really need it? Um, and I just want the audience to know, you know, what Sandy just described, especially if you're coming from a credit union world or a financial institution, it's actually not that unusual. You have a pretty tight close, it's working well, you've been audited since the beginning of time. So your close is fine. <laughs> um, and you don't necessarily have to wait until it's broken to do something about it. Now, with that said, um, and I think it'll be really helpful for Sandy for you to talk to us about you know, I, you've been closing fine, that's not the problem. It's just that it's kind of manual, right? Before you adopted a solution for it. So maybe you can talk to us about how manual it was. I'm sure there's spreadsheets involved and maybe just talk us through what that process was like. Yeah, so it's, it's a kind of, it's a tale of two cities here. Um, so when I started at the credit union 12 years ago, um, our close was generally three days and it was very manual. Um, we reported on day four. Uh, we weren't nearly as complex as we are today. We only had about 15 branches, maybe not even 15 branches at the time. And again, today we're closer to 30 branches and um, we're, we're growing, we're continuing to grow and we're opening new branches next year as well. Um, back in the day, I would download a, um, all the GL uh, balances on a giant spreadsheet and I would have trends and I would, I would examine the trends and look for weird fluctuations and I would I would look for things that were missing and I would uh, complete an Excel spreadsheet that I would send out to the team. Um, and that's a manual process. And, you know, sometimes I found things and sometimes I miss things. You know, it's super easy to, to miss something when you're just looking at a, a sheet, of, you know, and, and just working from the top to the bottom. Um, everybody on the team had these Excel checklists. Everybody had their own checklist. Sometimes they were word checklists. Sometimes they would print it out and, you know, cross things off. Um, everybody kind of did things differently. Um, back then, again, we didn't have an FP&A uh, side of the house, so I did review month-end reporting as well back in those days. 
Um, our GL recs were done up until we started on ART. Um, our GL recs were done on these Excel forms that we, fairly standard, but um, they were created by us and we had links uh, to documentation and to support and people would have to keep rolling those forward and rolling those into the new, into a new month end folder. Um, generally, they were to be clean, completed by the 15th and uh, I was to review by the 22nd. And again, we tracked the completion of these on a giant Excel chart of accounts that we would print off and it was super thick and everybody would handwrite their initials next to their recs. Um, and then I would handwrite my initials saying that I reviewed it. And, um, and again, it, it just, the process took a long time. Um, and then the, the second piece of that is at the start of the pandemic, obviously um, our clothes shifted to four days because mostly due because we, we couldn't print things out. We were used to printing things out. Um, the struggles of how to learn to work remotely when we had never really done that before and the challenges of just communicating with each other, not being in person, not being able to turn around and, and speak to someone on the other side, um, the other side of the wall. Um, now we have better tools to collaborate, like Microsoft Teams and such. But but in 2020, it really it was really we really struggled with it. Um, so and again, it, it, that's when we moved to four day to a four day close at that point. So again, failed too soon. How many reconciliations? were you handling at the time? <laughs> um, so today, and even it, when we start, um, we have over 3,000 balance sheet GLs that are reconciled. And that number is a lot, but it's misleading um, because for example, our installment loans, there's over 200 GLs that are rolled up into each one, each like a car loan for this branch has its own GL, a car loan for that branch has its own GL. So those are all rolled up and reconciled together, and there's over 200 of those. And checking accounts, it's the same thing. There's over four, uh, excuse me, 400 checking account GLs. And we reconcile those together, um, both through the net account feature on, um, through ART. Um, but there's still a lot of recs that, um, that I do review. Um, for example, August in ART, we had 382 different recs, and um, they're both individual and net account recs. And we do reconcile every single one monthly. We don't um, we don't wait for the quarter just because we want we want there to be no surprises. We want to make sure that stale dated items are being reviewed and reconciled and resolved. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and a lot of our customers are like that. Even though you know, even if they're not in the financial institution industry, their auditors do give them leeway. Where some accounts they can reconcile quarterly, yearly, but I would say about half of them are just like, you know what, we're just gonna be conservative, be safe, be diligent, do all of it, all the time. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the issues with the more traditional process, and there's nothing wrong with that, especially when we talk about reconciliations, having the checklist, comparing it, do the recs in Excel, signing, checking, you know, did my GL balance change, then I gotta redo it. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just the fact that once you have over a certain volume of accounts you have to manage, um, especially if your team is not that large, they can become sort of this this um, component of inertia, right? You think about it and you're like, oh, I really don't want to do it. And then you got to pump yourself up to do it. And then there's so many little pieces and places where you could mess up and it would be a silly mistake and you would feel not very smart about it. And it's just all of these areas where you could just really fall down. Um, just by being, you know, human, <laughs> just by being yourself. Um, was that the reason you had wanted to, now, 
we actually met at a one of the AICP events. Mm -hmm. I think it might be the same one we're going to next week. Yeah. Okay. So the AICPA event back in 2018, but it wasn't until 2020, no, 2022 that we reconnected. So was it the pandemic, like bearing through it, making you say, oh, well, we really should think about some options or was it a more overall management, you know, um, initiative to get more modernized? Uh, What was a triggering event for you to connect with us um so i i had it never really even occurred to me that that there were that there were products out here such as art that that could do this for us um and and again when when i met um met you at the conference in, in 2018 ever it has kind of been on my radar um we always had an excuse i always had an excuse about why i couldn't do it you know i'm too busy there's these other projects that we have to get done there's other priorities um, and every time I thought about it, like, yeah, I need to reach out again, then month end would happen again. And then we just start the process over, um, obviously the pandemic and, and working from home, put an end to this whole manual sign off on the rec sheet. Um, so what we did, what we just would put our, our initials on this Excel sheet, which, you know, you can put anything you want. And I suppose if you're handwriting it, you could put whatever date you wanted as well. Um, obviously that's not a great control. Um, we would find mistakes, just careless mistakes, where someone would be in the June 2020 month end folder and they're pre- preparing their July, but they're just overwrote over the top of their June rec and, and just all of these things. And, and um, it, it was it was struggle. It was uh, frustrating. Um, and obviously auditors never really cared for our cell uh, tracking sheets. You know, nothing's date time stamped. Um, you, again, you can put whatever you want. Uh, and you couldn't really track the status of this. Um, my review process, you know, I would review the recs and many of, the, of my review notes would say, say things like the date's wrong on your rec or the transaction date's wrong on your rec. Um, but this is all automated with art and the team doesn't have to pay attention, pay the same amount of attention to that because again, the system just does it for you. Um, my old rec review process, I would really have to psych myself up to do this. I would, I would wait again, they were due on the 15th. I would wait until about the 17th and I would open up the, the tracking sheet on this screen and I'd open up all of my cash accounts on this screen and just start going through them one by one. And then if I found a mistake, I'd have to go to my tracking sheet and I'd have to log it there and um, I, I, my review notes exactly. And I'd send emails saying, hey, these are the corrections I need and you need to get them done by this date. And, and I'd have to hassle people to get it done. Um, now I don't have to do that. I can just spend a half an hour at the end of every day taking a look at recs. Um, they, they, once they're completed, some of them are completed on the second or the third. I can reconcile those. I can complete those and complete my review on that day before we're even close. It just makes the whole process so much less stressful to do it in pieces rather than spend a whole day and just hated that day of the month. So. Yeah, it. that's one of the comments. Actually, I'm going to share my screen now. I want to show you. Uh, some components of what Sandy is describing, but that is one of the things that our customers have told us, like before they would allocate a certain amount of time during the month end to just do regs or just do this approval or just look at that. Um, But having a system to kind of help allocate, prioritize, letting you know when something is ready and give you, it actually, it doesn't mean you have to handle something right away. It just means that it gives you the option 
to kind of tuck in and say, okay, well, let me just do these five since they're ready and they're easy and you know the system um, has thrown up certain flags or, or has not thrown up certain flags. Um, it just makes that review process a lot easier. I, I wanna show you a little bit about the site. Um, it's got a couple of components, which is on the screen here. And we talked a lot about the reconciliation component, that's module one. And that's because most of our customers come to us initially because they really want to change the way they reconcile. So that's why we talked a lot about it. Uh, but we also have a closing checklist module that helps automate recurring activities. We have a balance sheet flux module that helps you know, with doing fluctuation analysis and also on the PL side, your variance analysis. If you're a publicly traded entity, we can help with that um, official 404 certification work. And then of course, reports and dashboards, which, um, which everybody likes <laughs> uh, for when it comes to the software. All right, so I have this uh, screen pulled up. This is ARP. So this is our automation platform. It takes about three to four weeks to get you guys configured and set up and all your accounts loaded and the workflow set up and the users set up. So it's not a very, very long implementation process. And later on in the session, um, Sandy will speak to the implementation work and kind of the, you know, the minutia of how, how that went with, um, with her team. Um, but it is a hosted system, you know, you log in from the internet. So what this platform will do is that it's gonna sit on top of your general ledger and it's going to take trial balance information and then use that to run the workflow of your month and close and your reconciliation slash flux analysis work. What I have here is a dashboard. And I know Sandy, you, you, you probably use this dashboard a lot, right? This one, for example, the reconciliation status, it's gonna tell you whether reconciliations are ready to be reviewed or done or not started. Um, People really like this happy face. This one tells you out of all the recs you own, how close you are to being truly done for the A31 period, for example. It tells you if you have orphans out of your balance sheet stack. Um, sometimes you do for companies that are very active in new account creation. It gives you a tracking of your age open items, tells you how um, how old and how much content you have, that is either timing difference, adjustments, write-offs, you know, so that just makes it really easy for you to access information is what I'm trying to show. And then uh, the status of your closing checklist and flux. So if you're just scrolling up and down on this dashboard, you can very quickly get a good idea if it's day three, day five, day eight, you know, you guys close pretty quickly, but we do have customers that close 10, 15, sometimes longer. <laughs> but, you can see uh, right at a glance how, how, how things are doing uh, from your closing standpoint. Um, Sandy, do you remember how much of your accounts get system reconciled on a monthly basis? A decent chunk. Um, if, there's no, if there's no changes or if there's zero balance there, it's fun to um, finalize those because it's just simple, click, 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 done. Yeah. <laughs> It's a, it's, a, it's a decent percentage, which I should, I should know this, but I don't know off the top of my head. It's typically between 10 and 40 percent. Um, and usually for an institution for banking and credit unions is usually on the higher side. So I'm going to guess it's probably 20, 25, maybe 30. But That's fair. Yeah. So here, um, so uh, Margaret is asking, does art sit on top? Yes. That's right. Um, it does sit on top of your accounting platform, and we are GL agnostic. So, you know, if you're on a 
I'm assuming there's a lot of credit unions here, but FIS, the Pfizer, the um, Jack Henry's, that's all fine. But we also can sit on top of Oracle, SAPs, the NetSuite, that's fine as well. Uh, Donald is asking, can stipend be accessed via um, a single sign-on? Yes, that is uh, something that we can configure as well, depending on what you want and what you need from a security standpoint. Good questions. So I have my reconciliation checklist here, and this is where you start to get away from having to keep multiple Excel spreadsheets, you know, to track, right? All of these line items are coming from your trial balance, and underneath all of them or each of them is going to be the reconciliation cover sheet. I do have some accounts here. This one's in Canadian dollars. Let me just switch it. I do have some accounts here that are being system reconciled. This is what I was asking Sandy about. So what you can do is actually set some baseline algorithms to say, hey, if the account comes in and if the balance hasn't changed, maybe, and if I've already reconciled it last month, then I don't want to reconcile it again. Great. Or if an account comes in and it has a zero balance and it's supposed to have a zero balance, then great. Okay. Just close it out, right? Get this work done out of the way so that we don't waste time doing this low-level work, but we can feel comfortable because a system is monitoring the patterns and that's, that's really what it is pattern recognition um and depending on the rest that you're doing i won't go through all of this but just want to let you know that there are standard templates we call them standard forms that help govern how the reconciliation should be done depending on how you want to do this work the nice part about this is that a it can accept document attachments so that means you're going to be tracking your recs signing off on your recs attaching the support of your reconciliations all in the same place Right, and depending on what you're doing or not doing, email alerts will also be triggered. The system will also auto-calculate your variance, and um, this is where if you do have something weird happening, like a variance or a write-off or something that your users have put into the reconciliation forms, it's going to self-report um, up into your dashboard. So that's really cool as well, so that you know that, hey, without actually, a lot of controllers face this problem, where they say, look, I don't really want to get that deep into the work <laughs> when I don't have to, because there's other things I got to do. So having something like this, where the recs are linked to your dashboards is going to just, again, just give you options. Do you want to go deep into the weeds and really swim in these reconciliations? If you want to do that, great, do it. But if you just want to stay high level and go, do I have a problem or do I not? Um, you can do that too. I'll show you the tasks real quick. Um, so this is uh, our closing checklist. And what's nice about this is that it's, uh, it takes you, again, just out of Excel spreadsheets, right? So if you have a checklist that you follow every month, usually for our customers, about 80% of what they do on a monthly basis is set, right? And then another 20% is sort of one-time or special things or unexpected, unanticipated activities. So you get the checklist up, you schedule it so that every single month, so if I'm in August, but let's say I'm, I just want to know what I'm doing for my December close. Guess what? Your December close checks is already here. Um, so whenever you get to December close, you can, instead of having to set up a new checklist, right, it's already here. You just sign off on it, attach your documents, route it for review, and just makes, um, I don't want to say it's a much simpler process because the close is not simple, but what it does do is it starts to take away some of the administrative slash compliance slash internal controls activities. So instead of doing 100% of the work for your close, right, you are now doing a lesser portion, but you're working on the more important work, right? So you don't want to be spending time updating checklists. 
Well, you do want to be spending time reviewing reconciliations, right? You don't want to be spending time organizing and collating folders and figuring out the, you know, which folder it's in, which drive, but you do want to be spending time maybe chasing down exceptions. So that's kind of where we start to split, split that work. Um, Sandy, was there uh, one or two things that you wanted me to point out as part of this um, demonstration? Again, we, uh, you, my team really loves the, you know, the visuals that are that are in there. They know exactly what to do. I know exactly what to do. I know exactly what's past due. Um, that, in and of itself, um, and and again, that the the task list that uh, that you just had up a moment ago. Again, then there's documentation that that it's been reviewed. There's documentation that somebody has looked at it, and and if somebody checked off a task and they didn't do it, then you're maybe uh, I hate to use the word falsifying, but you know, did you look at it or did you not look at it? So yeah. um, it's just nice to have the documentation that um, it has been reviewed, and we can show an auditor or a regulator when they're here. Here's our proof. This is everything. So. Yeah, and then you don't have to worry about, well, did I mean to sign it, but I didn't, or maybe I've reconciled an account, but the balance changed, and then you know, I forgot to re-reconcile it. So it just removes a lot of the distractions from from everyone's plate. Mm -hmm. We all got a lot to do. I wanted to run the review note report because you had spoken about um, writing these coaching comments and then having to chase it down. Yeah. That's actually a not uncommon activity so what I have here is I ran a review note report, right? So the way you're going to do your review is you're going to put in the comments, your coaching notes inside the rec because if everything's already there. You're going to keep everything together. So what you're going to be able to do is you can run a report, let's say, of all the review notes I've issued for August. And then that is something where you can just extract to Excel. You can put it on your second screen and then you can use that as part of your round two review or maybe the next month rolls around, it's like, oh, all these things that I said, you know, do this next month. Did I do it? <laughs> so you can run that report and actually tell you and put it side by side and tell you what's happening. So it's, um, I think, a pretty elegant way of just, hey, you know what, we already have our process in place. Let's just make it so that the manager or the supervisor or the controller doesn't have to kind of keep it all together with their bare hands, right? The system is always running it's sending alerts, it's pushing tasks through, and then on our end as people and users, we can just be focused on doing the actual work, which is what most people prefer to do anyway. You know, sometimes when we talk to executives and they say, oh, well, you know, I, I close in three days, so I'm good, or I close in 10 days and we must be awful. <laughs> The number of days it takes you to close, um, to me, is not a great indicator as to whether or not your close is strong, right? Because you can close in three days and have 25 GL adjustments after that, and the recs are not done, and you know a mistake can happen. Or you can close in 10 days, but it's really, really tight, and it's sort of the best you can do given technology challenges and HR, and you know the vendor doesn't want to send you something. Um, so that's not a really great benchmark. But what I do like to, uh, what would be a really great benchmark actually, is if you look at however many days it takes you to close, what are the level of accuracy you're reaching, right? When you close, are you still making, do you have to make material adjustments after your close is done? If the answer is yes, then that is usually an indicator that something is not perfectly right with your closing process. Candy, talk to us about the evaluation process. I know we, we met you at the trade show at the conference. Um, 
you know, every company is different in terms of how they evaluate, how they go about selecting vendors and looking at demos. So maybe just walk us through how you guys decided sure. to do that. Sure. Um, so I looked uh, on the CUNA Finance Council message board um, just to see what was available, what other um, organizations were using. And based on that, I had reached out to three vendors, um, Skystem and Blackline and Flowcast. Um, I had asked my senior staff accountant and one of the staff accountants to be a part of the project um, because I knew that ultimately they would be product champions and they could help with the change management. If they're excited about something, it, it, it sets the tone of, of the project, right? You know, if people are unhappy, then everybody's going to be unhappy, but if people are projecting uh, confidence and, and excitement about it, then it's going to be different. Um, our main criteria at the time was mostly just a reconciliation package um, that would improve our audit trails. Um, so we demoed each of the three and um, then we realized, well, maybe we could use these systems for more. Um, the entire process took longer than it should have and mostly due to the remote working environment that we were in um, and, and waiting for budget approvals, it wasn't the fault of any one vendor. Um, and ultimately, the other two vendors had, I don't, for lack of a better term, um, they were very fancy. You know, there was automation built in that would handle some daily reconciliations, but then when you peel the label back, um, either there was a limit to how many GLs you could use or it cost a lot more. Um, and we were comfortable with our process of daily reconciliations for high-risk GLs that, that we do, some of them intraday. Um, so we decided we didn't need anything with all those bells and whistles. Um, we needed exactly what art could give us. And um, during our due diligence process, it was an unexpected bonus that um, Skystem is a woman-owned company. So, you know, that's a, that was a, a plus for us. Yeah, we, most of the teams that we work with are between five and 50 people in the accounting team. So what that really ends up being is mid-sized organizations. And we do find that they have a set of pretty unique needs. So number one, they're big enough where the operations are complex. So they could benefit from having dedicated systems. This is not just for finance, but really everywhere else, right? because um, they're big enough. But on the other hand, a lot of times the team is still pretty lean. So they don't have 30 you know, people sitting around to do one thing. So everyone is kind of wearing multiple hats still and it's just the team is lean. Um, a lot of the teams that we work with also would prefer not to have to outsource their implementation projects. So they don't really relish the idea of bringing in a third-party consulting company like an EMI, for example, to do this project, which is what ends up happening once you start to look at more complicated systems, right? So like Blackline, for example, very, very large, you know, they've been around for a really long time. They can do probably 30 things. <laughs> I don't know how many modules they have, but it's a lot, a lot more than us. Um, but that's the kind of thinking that you're going to have to consider, like, do I want all these features? Um, if so, then great. But if not, then, you know, all of these modules come with implementation and maintenance and, you know, cost, obviously. Um, so that is a trade-off that you're going to have to do. And what we find is that for mid-sized companies, they really would prefer a system that is robust enough to do what they need to do, obviously, but not take a million years to do that implementation, not have to spend extra and bring out the consultants and make it into a whole PMO type project. They just don't want to deal with that. Um, so 
that's really the philosophy we try to live by. That's why we do try to implement pretty quickly so that we can kind of um, not like get in, get out, but, you know, get it done. So because ultimately it is the close process. It's not a big process. It's the close. You guys know how to do it. <laughs> you have a certain way you like doing it. We just want to give it that automation to you know, just supercharge that process. So it's a known thing. Get it in, set it up so that we can start to support you. Um, was there um, was there a now I forget refresh my memory how long did it take to do the evaluation are we talking about weeks or months um, it it did take us months because it was kind of straddling our budget process as well um, we needed to make sure that um, that we did have approval so we were looking at things and I think we had decided by by this time of 2021 by about middle of October. As far as our process goes, um, the budget is approved in December, um, and, and we knew it was going to be approved, but we still had to wait until December, and then, you know, audit, financial statement preps, and everything, so we couldn't really start right away, so. And I know the rec in terms of, you know, what ended up tipping you over, um, I know the fit thing was important. I know you, you guys really wanted reconciliation automation, like, right away. But I also think um, you were kind of eyeing the flux analysis module for kind of later adoption, right? Yeah, exactly. We weren't, uh, we didn't want to um, force the flux module through without having given it some, some decent thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, do you recall the implementation process? Maybe walk us through roughly what that was like for you and your team. Sure. Um, so the implementation was handled by the, the myself and, and the staff accountant that was originally on the selection committee. Um, her name is Emily and she was getting ready to go on maternity leave. And so she had transitioned most of her daily tasks to other people. So, so she had white space in her, in her schedule to be able to spend time on it. Um, so she was working through the various templates with, with Jennifer, um, who is fantastic to work with as well. Um, we met in February and the intention was that we would start with our March rec. Um, in hindsight, that was not a great idea for two reasons. One, because it was, again, during our financial statement prep and audit that we were really <laughs> knee-deep into this. And then um, Emily's baby decided to come just a little bit early. So, um, so the implementation fell back on me, and then I pulled in the other person that was on the, uh, that was on the selection committee. Uh, so then we actually got started with April RECs. Um, we did dual RECs for April and May, but we were all on board with ART for June. Um, I, I wouldn't really recommend doing two uh, dual month, uh, two dual rec month ends. Um, I think one would have been plenty in our case. Um, and it was fantastic because the, the senior on the team, Eric is his name, um, he made himself very available to everybody on the team and he sent tips and tricks out, you know, at least once a day. Just And just if he saw somebody was struggling, he would stop and say, hey, you know, let me help you with this. And it was it was just great having him on the team to to be able to give those personal touches to his to the teammates. You know, I can speak a little more about implementation, about some challenges that we had, too, if that's all right. We a lot of our challenges, you know, they surrounded like inactive GLs that somehow um, got loaded up into the system and, and tweaking our net accounts. Um, There's some accounts that we thought would be fantastic as net accounts, but they really weren't and, and vice versa. Um, we also opened a new branch right in the middle of implementation, so we had to do a lot of editing for net accounts just to add these new GLs to them. But you know, at the end of the day, we got super good at making these changes in the system. And it was a, it was a learning process for the team as well. Um, 
not really a challenge, but another area that we had to focus on was kind of the difference. I don't know if people saw when you when you brought the system up, but there's an adjustment section, and then there's a timing section, and then there's like supporting information. And if people had a timing difference, for example, they would put it in the wrong spot. Um, so Rex had to be sent back saying, hey, no, 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 that's not really an adjustment. It's really a timing difference. It's a reporting, you know, it, it was sent on the 31st of the month, so it didn't make it on the, on the vendor support. So it's not, it's not an adjustment. It's truly a timing difference. Um, it, it was just more the interpretation of what those categories meant. But once we had a conversation and we put it in the context of think about your old rec and think about you know, if, if it would go on the top or the bottom and then people, people got it. So um, it was, that was, a, I wouldn't say it's a challenge, but it was just a, oh, come on, you guys. I sent that back last month. It's the same thing. It's not changed. <laughs> it, it really does make you have to think, right? Sometimes we do the same over and over and then it's the same, you know, process for 10 years. Right. Just because it's on the top doesn't mean that's the one you use. <laughs> You really have to think like, is what really is this? Is this a supporting detail or an adjustment? Because that matters, right? Because right. one category needs to be aged and really looked at, and the other one is like, okay. Um, all right, great. I have closed down the poll. Now, I'm sure, Sandy, that when you guys first got on, um, you had questions and um, you needed help from us. <laughs> did you mostly, um, I know you asked us a job days, did you? Also write us or call us. How did you prefer? We have a lot of ways where we provide support, but how did you guys prefer to reach out to us? Uh, we mostly reached out via email. Um, usually we would get a response back, you know, within 30 minutes. Um, it wasn't uncommon at all. It's like, oh, I, you know, I left my desk and I came back and here's an answer. Um, and mostly I think, I don't know if I, we mostly worked with Jennifer or not. I did reach out to her on separately on some other things, and she was always very responsive. Um, in the beginning, we did have a lot of questions, and we would ask for like like the cheater quick tips. Um, but we're very comfortable with the system now, and we utilize this less. Um, the questions that we do have now are more um, enhancements, like, "Hey, did you ever think about doing this, or did you ever think about doing that?" So um, we. You, you know, I know that there's a way, you know, I think there's an FTP site that you can upload your information, but we prefer to just upload it ourselves. We prefer to just be in charge of that, um, you know, kind of a push the button thing, because then we, we are um, ensuring that we have all the GLs in the system. We're ensuring that inactive accounts are peeled out. We're ensuring that um, that every single GL has has a home that there's nothing that's going to be missed so we we make sure that they're set up and and again we it's kind of our whole process to make sure nothing's missed at upload time and we feel like if we let a system do that that we wouldn't have the same control so maybe it's micromanaging but it works really well for us yeah what sandy's describing is the method by which your general ledger trial balance makes it into art into our system from your gl so some people prefer to do it exactly like you, Sandy, where you just go and extract into Excel, clean it up, and then upload it. Uh, we do have others who prefer an automated feed, which is they want the GL to just talk directly with our system and push that data through, you know, once a day for the first 10 days of month end, um, and it's really just a reference. So you could either just upload that on your own through Excel, that's easy peasy, or you can set it up through FTP or um, you can set it up with us through an API as well. So all those methods are, are available. 
actually, I forgot to ask you this, Andy, um, just going back a little bit. Um, did you have any trouble getting your executive to buy in on this project? Oh, not at all. Not at all. Um, my my boss is uh, vice president controller. Um, he and I had we had many conversations about needing to um, modernize this whole process. Um, and and you know as you as you get larger and as you you know the, you get different scrutiny from regulators and you know it's just it's hard to have the same conversation with them that no 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 it's fine and you know this that was a mistake that somebody saved over the top of this. That's just a, that's just a conversation I just don't want to have. Um, it's nice to be able to, to provide your examiners. Here's everything, you know, this is, this is everything. And it's, you can see it's date time stamped. Our audit got immediately better. They were, they were fine before, but they were just immediately better. Um, we could provide recs again, date time stamped with submissions and the reviews and the approvals. Um, you know, again, before I'd have to provide, you know this Excel rec with all these attachments and the, you know separate, and then um, this Excel sign-off sheet <laughs> that just looked cheesy. Um, often, you know, when we have internal audits, often um, the internal auditors will ask for. Um, so, for example, today is October 19th. Um, mm -hmm. We're still in the process of finalizing our September recs, but you know, I was asked for um, loan and deposit recs um, for for an audit. Normally what I would do is I would provide them the recs um, and then I provide this G, this uh, giant, this one page of this giant Excel sheet and it's incomplete. You know, I would show, somebody would show that they had uh, submitted the rec and that I reviewed it, but then there's all this other missing information and it looks like we didn't do anything. You know, and again, how does that look to them? What's the, what's their interpretation of it? And again, now I just provide the recs and the date timestamps are everything's already included on the rec. Um, I can give them access to the system if I want, but I don't have to. I can just give them all the documents in a, in a file if that's what they prefer. Um, again, it's, it's nice not to have those conversations. Everything just got immediately easier. The conversations were easier um, without feeling embarrassed. <laughs> again, this Excel <laughs> tracking sheet, um, it's just simply not a problem anymore. Right, just not having the need to feeling like you have to justify something or explain yourself right. or right, um, kind of go out of way. Yeah, that, that actually loops into, um, okay, this question. The question is, can you explain some of the other benefits that we can expect to gain from the system? An audit is a big one. Um, let me see, Annie just addressed it, especially internal audit. Uh, so where we see savings from an audit side is number one, time. So you spend less time catering to audit and your auditors, they spend less time searching for information because again, all the sign-offs, the signatures, the you know, review notes, documentation is in the system. Um, and then number two, your controls are just gonna get automatically stronger because you have digital sign-offs, for example, or because you know the same person cannot sign off as the prepare and the review, like things like that. <laughs> It shouldn't be happening anyway. Or um, if you have a reconciliation that has that you did, but it has a balance change three days later, the system will tell you. So you know that you have to go mm -hmm. through right? So that's one area in terms of time savings. Um, we have seen cases, not all cases, but we have seen cases where folks have reduced the number of days to close. So if you're on a four day close, it's already pretty aggressive. Um, but you know, if you're on a 10 day close or 15 day close, 
chances are through automation, you can probably shave that off. Um, we don't promise that, but we've had, um, for example, there's a retail company that we worked with for a couple of years. They just stand out because their savings are so drastic. They ended up cutting 10 days off of their quarterly close just from not having to do their old reconciliation process. And that was just one module. So can it happen? Absolutely. And uh, depending on, you know, kind of how loosey-goosey your close is today and what people are doing or not doing. What you might find from a benefit standpoint is that you end up saving time on things that you don't want to do. And then you reallocate the time to things that you should have been doing, but we're not doing. So you're net net zero, but now you're spending, um, you're spending the right attention on the right things, which is what we also wanted to do. So I hope that answers your question. Okay, um, we got a couple minutes left. Um, I always like to ask this, maybe some words of wisdom or tips or things to consider um, for those folks in the audience who are maybe looking or considering or wanting to do something like this um, that maybe you can share with them. Sure. Um, my advice is to really to think about what you want. Um, you know, there's, there's so many different software packages out there for so many different things, not necessarily just this, but so, so many times I feel like I'm being sold on the features of our product and, and at, at the end of the day, we don't have any use for that. It does this, it does this, it does this. It's, it's really, I, but I don't need it to do that. I just need it to do this. Um, but those features sometimes seem very sophisticated, um, but they often add cost and complexity and they don't fit inside the box that we need it to fit into. Um, Art had exactly what we needed, and it's scalable, and we can maintain it in-house. It's, it's great. Um, one other very important thing, um, buy-in is always can be a little tricky. Um, some of my team have been here on the team for over 20 years, and they like the way we always did things. Um, it was important to me to have two of their peers, two team members, helped being a part of the selection of the product. Um, and again, they were the perfect people to champion something new. They were excited. It was a project that they could work on. They could make their mark on the organization. Um, they were cheerleaders for it. Um, when we were looking at products, you know, quickly we, we one of them we, we weren't going to choose. And then we had a demo of the final two software selections. Um, and we presented that to the entire team. It made the process, I think, a little less scary uh, for them. And um, we also had to make sure everybody realized that yes, this is different, but these are all the ways that your life is going to be easier. It, it's, there's a learning curve in the beginning, but once you're over that, your life will be easier. Um, one person just kept doing their recs the old way, and then just they simply attached this Excel rec to the to their art rec. Um, and and I I told them I'm like this is just not you know this is taking you so much more time. You don't have to do this anymore. Um, it's not necessary. Um, then they finally, it, it took a while, and they're like, but I'd like to do it. It's, but no, I don't want you to do it because I, I, I can't track it the same way. Um, once they realized that their time actually re was reduced by doing it the old way, then, then he was fine with it. But, you know, it just, he just really wanted to hold on to that old Excel rack. I'm like, I don't want to see that Excel rack anymore. <laughs> uh, just put in what you need to put in. And, and again, it's, um, the buy-in can be tricky. It's as tricky as you let it be. Um, again, get people excited on your team, make them a part of the solution. Mm -hmm. Sometimes folks need a little bit of a nudge, right? You, you're going to have those who are first in line to do anything new, and then you're going to have those who will never want to do anything different. 
but I feel like most people are in the middle where they can be persuaded. <laughs> um, they just yeah. need a little push and a little um, gentle, uh, gentle nudges. Um, question. Uh, uh, we set, I think, can we set up different KPIs from various reports, such as unreconciled slash reconciled accounts uh, or aged rec items over 60 days and timeliness of completion of offshore, offshore recons? Yeah, so those are those are actually right off of our dashboard. Oh, okay. The follow-up comment is this appears to be part of what the dashboard is. Yes, that, that's correct. Um, those, you can get that information through the dashboards or the reports, and it just, it comes standard out of the box. Um, and that's something where, you know, I would suggest the best way to do this is actually to go to our website and sign up for a private demo. It's a big pink button on top. And what we'll do is we have, we'll have a product person on with you and we'll go through um, what automation is going to look like given your process and what you're trying to get to. So it's a little more tailored and customized, which I think would be more helpful, uh, especially for, um, you know, questions that like this that requires a little bit of subtlety. Uh, we shut down access to doing shared folders for recons so they could use the recon system rather than competing in recon system and also putting on share drive on company site. Okay, what it sounds like is, um, I think you already have a reconciliation system. Uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> all right, so you're doing it the sort of the hard way, where you're just gonna shut down access to everything else so that you're gonna have to do it in the system. But that's one way to go about it. <laughs> okay, uh, if you have any other questions, now is the time. I still have the questions box open. Um, and thank you guys for the questions, that was really informative. But, you know, Andy, thank you so much. Just a big thank you to you for joining us on today's session. And as you know, we do a lot of CP webinars throughout the year, but the chit chat ones where we have actual users coming on to talk about their adoption journey, they're just really helpful because every path, every team has a different path, um, even though we're all trying to get to the same goal. And I think by hearing these stories, it just gives you a much more realistic and practical sense as to what you can expect if you um, decide to go down this path. So, so thank you so much for being with us today. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys again for being here today with us and we look forward to seeing you on our next webinar in November. Take care everyone. Thank you. Thank you.